Hey everyone, I am sitting here in Pierre, Michigan at our beautiful cottage that has been in the family for 106 years. Um, actually, the land has been in our family for 106 years. Some of the land went out of our family and then my parents actually got it back about six years ago, I think. So Northern Michigan, small little lake that goes out to Lake Michigan and just feeling pretty grateful today. I don't have a big episode this week. I'm recording a couple more coming up. Um, I had a couple cancellations and that is okay because I am doing this podcast for me to interview, talk, not just interview, really deep dive into genuine conversation with people who want to share their stories, whether it is leaving the corporate life like my friend Daphne and my friend Kara, or sobriety, um, or someone who has gone through just kind of a really craptastic childhood to make it to just in to be in an incredible, incredible place, um, to someone who has body dysmorphia and has really taken it upon herself to help others in a business that is a successful relationship coaching business to another friend who is killing it over 60 with her fitness. She is stronger and healthier than most 20 year olds I know. Um, but she also deals with disordered eating. So there are lots of great episodes to choose from. So I'm taking a break this week and just decided to say, Hey, go back and, and listen to some of the previous ones that I put out there. The other thing I want to talk about, I guess, is freedom since it is the week of the 4th of July and what that means for me in particular, not necessarily freedom in this country, but freedom for me to be free of my addiction. I mean, it's still always, always, always going to be there, but I fight tooth and nail every single day to keep myself sober. I go to meetings, I talk to people, I share my story. I am on Instagram commenting on other sober folks' stories. I answer messages from people who reach out to me in social media. You know, I can't save people, but I can hopefully steer them in the right direction. So because I am sober, I am now free to do those things. Because I am sober, I am free to do this podcast. I'm free from the chains, the binds, if you will, that handcuffed me for years and years and years and years and years. So that's freedom to me. Maybe you could tell me right in, what does freedom mean to you in your life, aside from the fact that we have freedom in this country, um, mostly these days, although not as much as we once did a couple years ago, but I digress. Um, we still have big, big, big amounts of freedom. We have men and women who serve this country, who fight for us every day, including my nephew, who is here with us this week for a couple days, and he's an Army Ranger. He has gone through rigorous, rigorous, rigorous training, and I am just in awe that he did it. He put his mind 
to it and he made it through. So we should all be so grateful for the men and women of this country who keep us safe. But so, yeah. So what does freedom mean to you? Um, one of the things that I personally have been dealing with lately that I guess cuffed me, it didn't take me back in time, but it maybe sort of put the handcuffs back on a little bit. I am self-diagnosed ADHD. I am 100% sure that I have it. Um, I, well, okay, 99% sure because I haven't officially been tested, but it is passed down. Um, I listened to Mel Robbins' podcast on ADHD as an adult and how she was, I think she was actually diagnosed at 46. And she has, I think all of her kids have some sort of diagnosis. But she went back and did a lot of research and kind of took a look at what ADHD and not being diagnosed years and years and years ago. So she and I are around the same age now. She's 53. I'll be 53 in August. But what would life kind of have looked what would life have looked like had we known earlier about the diagnosis? I know that I had some learning disabilities. I am I know for sure that I am slightly dyslexic. That one is pretty obvious. And ADHD can it can trigger lots of things and it can tr- trigger eating disorders because you feel unworthy because you can't concentrate as you go into it can trigger addiction as you go into adulthood ADHD it can trigger feeling terribly about yourself because as a mom when you can't control things such as you know, I know that I have to sign this slip for school, or I know that I have to do this for school, or I know I have to do this for these, my kids, and you procrastinate, 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 and you don't do it. And all of a sudden, you're late to the game. And then you feel like you're scrambling. And then you have to be, you just feel awful. You feel like you're going to be judged by the other parents. You feel like you're going to be judged your spouse because you said you were going to do something and you didn't. It goes on and on and on. And then you pretty much start feeling like absolute garbage about yourself. Um, So that was super interesting to me. She just said, go back and let's listen to her podcast. And I want to get an expert actually on here to talk about ADHD. Um, so both of my kids are ADHD and I'm going to have my daughter on. Hopefully we're, we will be recording this week because I want to talk about ADHD from her perspective and getting diagnosed. I think she was 11, maybe 12. And then my son was diagnosed um, a little bit later than he probably needed to be. But I was told that it's just boy stuff. So then where does that lead me? It leads me down a path of feeling incredibly guilty. I mean, incredibly guilty about not about not fighting back and say, and doing my own research, right? But it, maybe that's my ADHD, not doing the research. I don't think I did a lot of Googling back then, even just a couple of years ago, as much as I do now. When I don't know something these days, I dive in deep and because I want to know. I want to I want to know why. I want to know what information's out there because everything is our finger at our fingertips, but for some reason I didn't go down that path with him. But anyway, um so yeah, so uh so getting that diagnosis late is great, right? Because you all of a sudden think to yourself, "Oh my god, I'm so relieved. Nothing's really wrong with me, but everything is wrong with me. At least there's a name for it." But the problem with that is also you can't go back in time. You can't get your life back. 
I can't go back in time and take back all of those horrible thoughts that I had about myself being stupid and I didn't fit in. And all of my friends in high school and junior high were so smart. We had, I mean, we had something like 12 valedictorians in our class. It was just unbelievable. And I struggled, but I took the AP classes because I felt like I needed to keep up. Um, I loved English and I loved writing, but I would always get notes back from Mrs. Rocker saying, I think that you have an idea in your head, but for some reason, your thoughts are going too fast and you're not able to write them quickly quickly enough on paper. Ding, 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 ding. As Dak Shepard, Monica Padman would say, that's an aha moment. Somebody should have woken up and said something, and not Mrs. Rocker, but someone should any of my teachers, actually, if someone had just said something, but they didn't know either, right? They didn't They didn't know what ADHD was then. Um, math, I totally didn't get. I had a tutor. The best I could do was a B, and I struggled. I kicked and screamed and cried for it. So my point is, I can't go back in time to high school and struggling. I can't go back in time to college when everything was so, so difficult and I procrastinated like nobody's business. In fact, I procrastinated so much at one point with a journal that we had to type. And at that time, people, we did not have computers. I had a, um, I can't remember what the typewriter was called, but I had to take my journal to my best guy friend's mom, Mrs. Vanderveld, Mrs. V, and she was a professional typist and typed up college uh, textbooks and things and did all kinds of amazing work. And I loved her to pieces. And since I went to school, college in my hometown, I was able to just walk over to her house and she typed it up for me. But I did things like that my entire life probably. And, you know, I was severely depressed. I would have been depressed since I was young. Um, They put me on Prozac when Prozac just first came out. But, you know, you can't, if you aren't really finding the root of the problem, that cause of the true, the underlying cause, which for me was, I would say ADHD, but it came across as anxiety and depression. Um, the medication's not going to solve all of that, right? It will take off that edge, I guess, if you're feeling depressed. But when you are struggling so much in school and then struggling through my work years, oh my God, that's a whole nother thing. I look, if I were to look back, or not if I were to look back, if I could go back in time and deal with my ADHD, whether it was with cognitive therapy, some sort of medication to slow down my thoughts. Holy crap. I would have been very different in my career. I struggled. I was really, really good with relationships. And that is something that people with ADHD, a lot of the times, really good with relationships. I'm very social. I can have um, I can have deep conversations, but I'm also really good at a party. I can have really great short conversations and laugh and make people laugh and all of that. Um, I never knew how funny I was actually until probably the last 10 years, but that was all easy stuff, right? Because it's not, I didn't have to memorize anything. I didn't have to read and really struggle with reading. None of that. That was kind of a superpower, but I got dinged because I struggled with writing those freaking stupid ass PowerPoints. I struggled with getting my thoughts on paper. So I had bosses who were true a-holes and 
also, I mean, they didn't understand, but some of them were just mean. Um, and no one could really see through that how they just said, well, you're smart. I don't understand why you are struggling so much with writing a PowerPoint. So anyway, just looking back on that, God, man, did I struggle. So yeah, so Mel Robbins podcast episode that I listened to, I cried. I should have started with that. I cried. I was walking the dog, my dog Theo, and I cried and I sobbed and I had to sit down on a bench and I cried some more because it just, it, I'm not going to say sorry because we should not say sorry for crying. Um, it just really hit home. And man, I'm so glad that we know what we know these days about learning learning disorders and diff- people with different abilities, as my friend Jenny Eim likes, loves to say, and I love that. Um, you know, if we knew then what we know now, what could my life have been like? I could have used it all to be my superpower, right? So, but that's okay. We can't look back. We can only move forward. And, um, I need to do definitely, I would like to get tested just kind of just to know and have someone put a stamp on it. I'm okay with that label people because I feel like therapeutically it would really help me to dive into that. So if you have been um, diagnosed with ADHD in your adult life and you are pretty sure that you had it your whole life, write in and um, let me know. I Actually, I haven't used the email in a while, but it's sharingoutloud at gmail.com. Um, I think that you can also comment um, on my podcast and I would, you know, I would love to, I would love to chat with you. If you have a story to tell about being diagnosed as an adult, I would love to bring you on. Um, and, and let's talk, let's have a conversation. Heck, maybe if there are enough people out there, we could do a little round table and have a little podcast round table. I just think it would be really, really interesting. Um, and I will say too, I, I'm a huge proponent of meds. I know that not, Everybody is, but I am. I've seen the difference that it's made in my children, the ability to focus, suddenly knowing when my, actually, let me back up again. When my daughter, when my son and daughter took the test, it was actually during the pandemic, like in the very beginning, and they begged me and they cried because it was so hard for them. Can you imagine not being able to focus and having to do all that online school? Oh my God, my heart literally breaks for them. It was so tough. So the minute though, so, and I think that both of them were at a point, and my daughter will talk to you about this, their self-esteems were low and to see them get on medication that helped them. And then as my daughter went into her freshman year in high school and is thriving, I mean, all A's at a very competitive, all double honors and AP courses at her high school to see her thrive and she still had a tutor school. <laughs> She's very, very creative and it's still hard for her to focus, especially when the medication wears off. So she had a tutor that really, oh my God, Zoe's amazing. And it really, all of it helped get her through. And then to see my son thrive and get on the Dean's list. I think he got all A's and one B his freshman year in college. Like that's extraordinary for him to come back to us after being in an, one of his English 
creative writing classes for a while and saying, wow, I, my, my high school was awesome. I, I really must have learned a lot. And because, wow, these, these people in my English class don't know as much as I do. That is not only a testament to the school, but it's a testament to his senior year as well to focus and also great teachers. But my point is, is just to see them thrive and watch them emotionally, um, mentally and all that. Um, that is just great. So my family just came home, um, over and out. We will talk more, um, about this topic later and I'm excited to chat more about it. Thanks for listening.